to the Beer Healer Interviews. I am your host, Chris Lukianko, and I scour this big brand land of ours, looking under fermenters and behind mash tuns to find the best beer stories to share with you. The Beer Healer Interviews is now available on all major podcast services. If you like the show and want to help out, can I ask you to simply rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast service. Just leave a few words and a rating and the podcast gods will do the rest. By doing this, you'll help others to discover the show more easily and hopefully get more people interested in this great industry that we call craft beer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Beer Healer Podcast Network is proud to present to you the biggest beer brains in the world. It's the pro Dave Patton and the protege Ben Miller here to drop some knowledge about IPAs. And if you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it! Welcome along, gentlemen. What do you reckon of the new intro? Jesus <laughs> Christ, I thought I was the loud one. What, hey? Are you all right? You don't remember the D-Generation X from the WWE? Oh, I remember that. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought I'd get, get you awake this I'll afternoon what, and see. I'll never remember that again. I've only got to remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, what's been happening in your lives of late? Uh, ben, how's the blue beer going? Uh, it's turned green, interestingly enough, which I was worried right. about. I thought perhaps maybe yeast would eat at the algae, and it seems like it has. So what I'm going to do now is just add more to the keg. Um, and so I know that for next time, maybe I'll just add it when I'm kegging. So fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm totally opposite right now. I'm drinking a uh, decoction mashed uh, mina colors. Yeah, hold on. Oh, nice. Dave, the eagle has landed. Am I right, mate? See what I did there? <laughs> it's in your place by the sound of it, as long as it's not in the shower. No, no, no. Not, I'm not on the eagle tonight. I'm uh, I'm on a little thing called the Little Smith IPA. Yeah, Low nice. on ABV, but big on flavour. Little Smith IPA illuminates the taste buds with pine and zesty fruit notes in a perfectly balanced aromatic and refreshing beer that will leave you longing for more. Delicious. Jeez, listen to that. That sounds delightful. It's a school night. It's a school night, so I've got to, I've got to be good. <laughs> um, now, look, we're going to talk about doubles and triples and quadruple IPAs later, but I want to bring it back a bit. Oh, by the way, tonight, everybody, we're talking about IPAs, which is one of Dave's favourite topics. We're going to dive they, into them. You they know. might have got that from the intro. Well, I'm not sure if they can fucking understand what I was saying because I, I was about to choke on my own words. It was a bit difficult, you know. I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> nah. Well, let's, let's take it back to the beginning with IPAs. I remember back when I was working on James Squire and I spent a fair bit of time with the great man Chuck and Freshy and then Chris Sheen, all those great blokes up there, and everyone would recount the stock standard IPA backstory and it went a bit like this. Well, Chris, you know, IPAs began when the British Empire in the 18th century had troops in India and they wanted beer. They had to put a preservative in the brew to make it last the journey, and that was hops. But the more hops you put in, the more bitter the beers were, and that's how it all started, Chris. How's that? <laughs> I, can, I can definitely say that that wasn't Chris Sheehan you were trying to be. No, that was Chuck. That was my no, Chuck. <laughs> no, of course it was Chuck. <laughs> uh, look, it's a, it's a nice story. But I've, I've found out this week it's not exactly true. It's not. No, go on, go on, Ben. Give us. A- oh, I don't, okay. I always forget this, but I know that I've been. I used to think that exact same thing, and then I actually was like, 
I'm going to actually do some research on that. And it wasn't it just that was the shipping the shipping company name or something like that. No, it, it was it was true that so English breweries struggled to find a way to to get their beer to survive when they were sending beer from England to the British colonies in India and the Caribbean. But um, it was kind of like mid 1700s or something where the breweries learned that adding extra hops in all of their beers helped you know make them last longer and stuff. Yeah, when they were sending them elsewhere. So it's it kind of is a little bit, but then. You know, um, I think it was 19th century or something, you know, um, IPAs were getting popular. Like this, this was happening and then there was, I think the IPA phase was about mid-1800s or something like that, shit like that anyway. But it it, it became a style and then it, it pretty much da- died out because it was it was one of England's best-selling beers. But then, then I think by the 20th century it had pretty much died out completely. Um, I think it was something to do with higher taxes or something and they couldn't make it, something like that. And then, and then it got this whole revolution in the 70s and 80s in America. And the American brewers then revived some of the original recipes from what it would be 100 and something years ago and then added their twist on them. So there you go. That's that's IPA history in a nutshell. How's that? Well, that's that – so that, thanks for listening, guys. That was um, – yeah, thanks for coming next week. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, so so many, there go. are so many stories out there, mate. We're here, we're yeah. here yeah. right and centre. Which ones? Well, as there's, there's an old saying though: never ruin a good story with the truth. So I'm sure it's been, uh, you know, twisted and turned a little bit along the way. But you know, I think it all sounds. Yeah. Good, so. As long as it made yeah. its way back, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not here to talk the history tonight of all that long, long time ago. We'll, we'll bring it forward a little bit. I want to know. Do you guys remember the first IPA you ever had that made you say, whoa, that's pretty good? Oh, I probably uh, – I would say it would have been one of the New Zealand ones. Um, I remember drinking okay. Tuatara's Double Trouble a lot. Yes. Um, Good beer. Also the Eight Wired oh. – I think it was their Wet Hops yep. West Coast. I remember those specifically, I remember. But see, like something like Double Trouble – geez, I haven't had that beer for years. I don't even know if it's still around. But that was just like – that was that was right at the peak of, um, you know, just explosive bitterness, just next level. Um, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah. what, what about you, Dave? You remember anything? Oh, look, I had a bunch of um, – yeah, my backstory is having, having a fair bit of travel through the States for years and years and – um, yeah, my, most of my most of our before pie, I think um, there, were, there were things around. You know, Lagunitas IPA. I remember having years and years ago. Yes. Yep, the real classic. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. Probably you'd have it and go. Oh, that's a bit bit light on for for, uh, <laughs> yeah. for an IPA, but that's certainly one of the ones. Um, I mean, Pliny certainly had a big impact on me. Um, you know, in the last ten years or so, it's it, um, what a great beer. I mean, that that still is. Um, from a West Coast point of view, one of the one of the oh, yes, yeah. I, I call it classic, but it still stands up today as one of the best. So, yeah, I think I think for me, mine might have been Torpedo, just purely because it was available and you could oh. get it, and it was probably old and all of that, but um, still great beer. But what you Torpedo, you surely you were into IPAs well before we started seeing Torpedo here. Uh, I don't know whether I, I that one sticks in my mind, and I'm not sure whether I had it when I was in the states. Sort of before my my beer journey, mm. but I, that one when I was sort of thinking about about that question today, two beers stuck in my mind. One was the uh, James Squire Stowaway IPA because obviously I was working 
in with them. But but torpedo just stuck in my head for some reason. So I've got a pretty shit memory. So there's probably I do now you mentioned Tuatara, that was definitely early on too, but I do. I do remember having a. Um, uh, how, how old do you reckon the James Squire IPA? It'd have to be fifteen years, wouldn't it? More than that. Oh, easy. I reckon easy. Twenty years. I do remember having it fairly early in its in its um, in its life cycle, and um, I found it quite very very multi. Yep. And, and and in fact, a lot of the Australian IPAs kind of went down that path when they first started. But um, yeah, quite where a lot of the American IPAs, even the very early ones, were quite multi as well. But but pretty soon became quite light malt based compared to something like guys. Actually, one of the first Australian IPAs I really liked, and um, I hope you're sitting down, Dave, but it was triple seven before I even knew who you were. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> and then I then I met you and I was like, that bear's fucking shit. Hey, you um you talked about the IPAs being um, quite multi. Can you explain the whole idea of creating the the malt bill for an IPA? Because you, you hear people say things like, oh, it's got a really nice solid malt backbone. Mm. I love that one myself. Don't say that. Um, but you can also <laughs> hear things that they're like they're, it's really balanced. Um, can you can you get it wrong with the malt bill and therefore be, you know, too hot forward, those sorts of things? What's, what's the thinking around the malt um, bill? Oh, it's a good question. And, and that question... Well, the answer I should say has changed dramatically over over the last 10, 15 years. Um, definitely in Australia, I think a lot of it, you know, whether it's a pale ale or an IPA, we definitely um, really stuck to those quite um, quite dark and crystally, if you like, malt bills. Um, let's, let's, not get, the, let's not revisit. Let's not. We don't need to. <laughs> you know, some of, some of them were <laughs> almost bordering on an amber ale in terms of the colour of the beer. Um, yep. and most of that color was was attributed to crystal malt, which which added quite a lot of sweetness um, to the beer. Now, if it was hoppy enough and bitter enough, um, then hopefully that bitterness could balance out a lot of that sweetness from the crystal. But for me, it, it certainly didn't. And and definitely in the states, the the malt bill of IPAs um, quickly became quite pale um, to the point where there was little or no crystal malt at all. Um, to allow the hot, you know, IPA, um, definitely American IPA anyway, was about letting those hops shine through and not not sort of um, dulling them with any of that crystal or, or strong malt flavors. Um, but you know, you, I think there is there can be balanced. I think um, I've said this before that I think American IPA kind of went a bit too far down that light and bitterness yeah. route that became probably yep. a little bit imbalanced towards the hops, which is you don't hear that from me much, but. Uh, <laughs> no. and you can hop too hard and and, um, and really put the put the IPA out of balance. Yeah, we know it's um you know it's a bit too much. We needed a fucking glass of water after it. Fuck up first after that beer. We yeah. often talk about that that you know that quest for IBU that, that the states went through. Um, you know, went a little ten bit years too ago, far. where it really started to become a bit of a challenge to see how many IBUs they could squeeze into into their IPAs, and I mean, and you know, in my opinion, it went a little bit too far. And and I think the definitely over the last five years, we've seen that back off considerably, mm-hmm. um, yeah. back towards yep. lots of flavour, not necessarily so much bitterness, but um, you know, beautiful balanced beer. Rate, review, and subscribe. Three words that strike a chord in every sensitive 44-year-old podcaster who dreams of telling stories of craft beer. And something that I talk about a lot, 
but it really can get this little potty into more ears and therefore grow craft beer for all of us to enjoy. So even if you listen elsewhere, if you've got an iPhone, you've got Apple Podcasts and therefore you can help out the show. Those three words, rate, review and subscribe. I think they've ruined it a little bit for everybody else because I've had IPAs in the last 12, 18 months, which I think are, you know, beautifully balanced, you know, nice bitterness, just a great beer, great aromas. And then you see other people out there just like bagging the shit out of it saying not bitter enough or not yeah. aromatic enough. And I think it's because they went through that period where IPAs were just all about the bitterness. Mm. And so there's like this whole sort of, you know, I don't know, group of drinkers who that's all they know is yeah. those really, really intense ones. They're all the – um. All the hazy boys now, they've gone away from that <laughs> and, they're, and they're all just as dangerous on the hazies. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's, it's, it's funny, eh? Like I still I still sometimes find myself really craving like a, like, geez, just a good, bitter West Coast IPA, you know. Every now and again, I, I still really, I actually brewed one not long ago and I, I fucking loved it. I think the batch didn't last long at all because by the time a few people caught wind of the fact that I had some, the amount of growl, yeah, the yeah, amount of, all of a sudden. The, oh man, it was amazing. It felt really popular. I had heaps of people coming <laughs> over and bringing their growlers over, and it didn't last long at all, which I was kind of a bit sad about because it was so fucking yeah. Oh, actually, that's the one that I filled up a squealer for for Dave. And I said, I, I questioned him when we went camping. I was like, how was it, Dave? He's like, it was really good. Was like, is that all you've he got to say? He didn't try it, did he? He goes, I guess, is that, is that all you got to say? He's like, it was really nice. I was like, I see, I thought I might have oxidized it a bit. And he goes, no, it wasn't oxidized. It was perfect. And about three weeks later, I went back and found that same squealer still full in the cool room. I was like, well, you just tell me, mate. <laughs> oh, Dave. <laughs> really? Yeah. On a, on, a, on a national podcast, you've made me look like a liar. At least I was a shit um, liar. <laughs> oh wow! Do you mm. do you ever try his beers, or you just like put them all on the shelf and give them to other people? I, knew, I, I knew it was going to be excellent, so I didn't. He even comes know. over. It's like when you you know you know someone who's real drunk offers you a shot, and you go, mm, "Yeah, throw it over the shoulder." <laughs> That's what he does. Oh, great! Why is there a puddle of beer behind you, Dave? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> God, that's harsh. And yes. for for a lover of IPAs like you, Dave, that's disgraceful. But I was pretty sad actually because I was so. Ha- it was actually it was one of my first ever double IPA recipes, and I love it. It's just classic. It's just it's it's such a good beer. I love it. I'm going to brew it again, but Dave's not getting any. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> speaking of uh, loving IPAs, Dave, you you love them that much that like your pretty keen to celebrate them. So when IPA day rolls around like it did recently, mm. you you go full on at the brewery like it's frigging Christmas, don't you? It is our Christmas. That's exactly what we say. It's, um, you know, it's all, every day. I've said this a lot, particularly, you know, with our rebrand recently, we, we, spoke, we spoke a lot about it and our love of hops and our love of IPAs. And um, it's just we're unashamedly that's what we do and what we love and why do anything different. Um, I guess the beauty of that, though, is IPAs are pretty broad, broad spectrum as well. It's, it's, you know, back in the old days, it was kind of, yeah, IPA, double IPA, maybe a Belgian IPA. What a fucking great segue. Thanks, mate, because I've been throwing open the big book of styles <laughs> and I want to go through the list of the IPA styles that I discovered this week because there's a lot more than I thought. <laughs> and I want you to tell, let's, let's do a love it or hate it with the styles as I go through them. All right, first up, American IPA, love it or hate it? Oh, obvious one. Double love. <laughs> Absolutely uh, love it. Belgian. Love it. 
not enough of them. However, yeah, it can no, be a well, fucking nightmare of a beer. I'll rephrase what you're saying. Not enough good ones. They're a tough beer to brew well. Yeah, they are. And um, but if you yeah. get that right, that that you know, the you know, obviously with our Americans, I'm gonna it's gonna go all night if I keep commenting this much on this style. But no, I love I think, it. Go, I think, go. I think the Belgian IPA is something that I've always had a fondness for. Um, we brewed a few of them here. But getting with American IPA, we have a very neutral yeast. With a Belgian IPA, we've got a whole lot of yeast flavour there to try and match up with the hop flavours, and it's a real yes. tough start to do Difficult, well. Difficult, yeah. If, if you get it right, fuck, they're good, eh? Oh, yeah, I, I remember uh, when White Rabbit did one when I was still working there, and yeah, yeah. I um, I just felt like people didn't quite understand the complexity of it all. Mm. Yeah, and we, we found I found in my opinion, uh, my um, experience, people were just leaving it behind. I had a whole bunch of sample stock to give out, and people were like, "Nah," and they just didn't get. Maybe it was not quite the right timing for them to do that, but they didn't quite get it. But you know, I would say nowadays you get one and you really appreciate the the complexity of it all. I think it's one of those things too, where um, you know, a Belgian IPA can also be. It's kind of got that heaviness to it of a almost like a wit beer, almost like as well. Like it's got the yeah. you know, they're very so it can be a bit confusing in that sense that you're not like you're like whoa, geez, like that's got that that sort of heavy cloudy appearance and 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 the real banana and clove on it, and but then you've also got this hot bitterness and there's a lot going on there. But it's yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's something you'd. You'd introduce to somebody who's not a big, <laughs> nah. you know, you, you know what I mean. But yeah. it's, um, at the same time, you get a you get a well made one, and everything really works well together. Everything's married up nicely. Then they're, they're just so easy drinking that you don't you don't even have that sort of oh god, there's banana wars, you know, there's there's, there's hot bitterness and all that sort of stuff. I haven't had a good one for I actually haven't had one for years and you've just made me really want to make one. <laughs> well, I think, I think yeah. that's the point that you don't see many of them around because they just yeah. don't sell. Yeah. That's so with a lot of Belgian styles. They're very, they can be as good as can be, but um, they're very tough. Taste. Fun fact, I did a, our very first brew out of the uh, brew house when we, uh, when we opened here was a Belgian pale ale. And oh really? Yeah, just for some, just an easy beer for the just first. Just for shits and giggles, and, <laughs> and it was uh, it was beautiful. But um, and we love brewers to drink everyone, but um, you know about a 50 50 split with our customer base. And um, you know as we as we released other beers around it, they they you know it, it paled in this insignificance in yeah. sales. Fair enough. Uh, this next one, polarizing the black IPA, or sometimes called a Cascadian dark ale. Nah, love great, it or hate it? Great if it's done right. Yeah, again, yeah. I love them too. Yeah, yeah, I do too. A lot of citra, good citra, not a lot of roast profile, if none at all. Close your eyes, and, but they're just fucking awesome. They are God, good. but Why do they polarise people so much? Because I don't know. People are just – They're not brewed very well most of the time. Yeah, most okay. of the time they're like really roasty, like a lot of roast in them where they shouldn't – in my – look, but everyone – see, this is the other thing is everyone's got a different opinion on what a black IPA yep. should be. I like a black, black IPA that's – um, the roast is just there, like just very, really, like you could almost close your eyes and not even know you're you're drinking a black IPA, if that makes sense, you know. Um, yep. And actually, I learned a lot about black IPAs working for Dave and how to brew I was them. Say, you've been roast. to Patton School of Brewing Black IPAs. I don't know if uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that's enough. He's, he's that's pretty a, fucking keen on himself, isn't he? That's Jesus enough, that's enough credit. Head. It's enough credit oh. for you, champ. Oh, we. Um, <laughs> And, and again, I learned, I learned a lot of with blacks from uh, from a couple of breweries in the states, and the, the American black IPAs are that that very low roasty style, and um, yeah. using a lot of um, 
carafa malt, which is a, which is a husless malt, which which cuts back on that roastiness. Yeah. Um, and then you can cheat nowadays, though. With what? Um, is it Y yeast or Wyman make a product called? I can't remember what it is. It's just, it's black. Oh, the liquid it's just, right at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not fun. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's far <laughs> no, more skillful to be able to say I've actually used roasted malts in here, believe it or not. But it's still going to be black. So, so trying to trying Obviously to thanks to Dave Patton because you know he knows shit. <laughs> Cinema, <laughs> Cinema it's called. Mm. I think. It's have you guys? Uh, have you had the Cascadian or the Tascadian as they call it down here from Sounds the Hobart Brewing Company? <laughs> nah, no, that uh, I do I love a good. Um, you have to send us some up because that's. Well, I'm just thinking I, I should because I'm I'm just not 100 percent sure whether it's finished its run this year. But oh Jesus, that's ripping beer! Yeah. I was drinking them with uh, Tatchell just recently at a at a science week. Not we had down there. Jesus, well, it's, it's funny you say that. So that that the West Coast Double IPA that I was just talking about before, like one of my very first ones, I made a black version of that too. So I did everything exactly the same, but just made it a black IPA. And again, it was just like it was the most magical thing. It's just I just don't have enough time in in the world to, to brew, brew all these beers. Wild, it yeah. makes almost makes me want to cry. It's like I've just got so much to do and so little time. I just maybe I should just make it my full time job. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Right maybe. <laughs> if you're any good at it, you probably would have. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. I'll, I'll have a I'll have a Belgian IPA and a black IPA on tap at the same time. <laughs> nice. Uh, next up, love it or hate it, the Brett IPA. Love them. Brett, again, though, again, has to be done right. Like a white Brett IPA is like the coolest thing ever and never done, or like a wheat forward IPA, Brett IPA. But again, it just has to be done. It's like all well, these, they're, they're, they're good if they're done right, but a Brett IPA is kind of hard because you've got the time with the Brett and then, I don't know. Dave, what do you reckon? Well, it depends. I, I mean, I love I love a Brett beer, but I, I think Brett beers themselves can be split into two as well. Is it a Brett beer that's been finished with Brett or a 100% Brett beer? And they're completely different beasts. True. And, uh, and I've had- It's like you sit on the fence here. I've mm. had some 100% Brett beers that don't taste like Brett at all, but have this wonderful citrusy, fruity note to it. That comes Pineapple. Pineapple, yeah, absolutely. Pineapple, Yeah. And I've had some IPAs with that, and it just works wonderful. It's a bit like a Belgian. You've got to make sure it fits with the hops, but oh, they've been amazing. Mm. So we're going to say love it for that one. I'm, just, I'm trying to keep a tally here. Yeah, I'm saying love. I'm right. just waiting for you to pull a shit style out. <laughs> just, yeah, well, shut up for a minute, then. <laughs> Dave, was was that a love or a hate? Uh, I'm going to say I, I like them a lot. Okay, <laughs> love. All right, next up. Brute IPA. No, I don't, I don't love these. Hate them. Stupid yep. idea. Yep. Not keen. Dave, where do you see I, I like, I like um, the brutes and, and we've okay. made quite a few. Of them. Yeah, we've made heaps of them. <laughs> oh. Sounds like he's calling you a liar. They're the yeah, ones yeah. I've never had. That's no, I just, I just hate, <laughs> I've, ne- I've never had one I like. I just don't. And you know, I didn't even know you brewed them, Dave. So that's yeah, there you go. We've yeah. done them. Um, we've done a couple of hybrid styles. We've done some. Um, uh, we did a, a fruit. You'd, be, you'd be that person who brews a brute hazy West Coast IPA or something. <laughs> and am I really that person? Oh, no. <laughs> but um, I think again, if they're done well, not overdone, not too dry, I think they can be done well. But if they're not too dry, are they just a normal IPA? Or dry, like you know, down to it, whatever. You know, you know what? You know what Ben sounds like tonight. Ben sounds like you're a married couple and he's looking for a fight. He just yeah, wants an excuse to fight. That's what he sounds like. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on to one of the OGs, the English IPA. Oh, I appreciate them is probably the best way to put it. Like if I, if there was a, a big tap list of stuff in front of me and I saw an English IPA there, I'm always going to try it because, yeah. um, again, appreciation. I don't think they're my biggest favorite style, but I'll drink them, you know what I mean? If, if we talk about the sort of the difference, so the, the English are sort of more biscuity, toffee type malts yep. and they're sort of more earthy, grassy kind of. Yep. Hot notes. Yeah, well, more noble hot profile, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And maybe also, slightly more balanced. Maybe where, maybe where that West Coast thing started from, you know, that's where the crystal and the red and the heavier malt started yeah. from. And, yep. and, and you know, Americans just went, fucking hops, man, just threw more hops at an English-style West, uh, IPA. And then they went, well, hang on a minute, let's let's dive the other way and let's, you know, let's create our own, completely own unique style away from this sort of crystal malt base and um, all that. But, yeah, no, I, I appreciate them. So sure. are you a lover or hate? I'm in the middle. No, you've got to be one or the other. Oh, so I love them then. Hate is strong. Okay. That's a strong word. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> fucking real bad, bro. Like or dislike. Uh, Dave, where, where do you sit with these classics? Look, the way that I explain it is, and this is not going to give you any favours, you won't get an answer out of me, but um, <laughs> I, if, I, if I'm looking at a board and there's a whole bunch of IPAs on there, I think I'm going to go to English last. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair yeah, enough. I've been in London, had a really fresh, dry hop, traditional English IPA, and it's been fucking amazing. That's all I want to drink. Yeah. Sounds like a humble brag to me. Sounds like that to me too. For me, it's yep. been in Rome. I know he's talking about being in Rome. Oh, God. Fuck. I've been everywhere, <laughs> man. I've been everywhere. <laughs> all right, I'm putting him down for a, for a like, all right. not a dislike. Yeah. Uh, I, think we're all, I think it's one of those things, right? It's just you, you can appreciate you it. Have to, you have to – if you don't like English IPAs, well, then you don't. That's what IPA was. That's what that that you know what I mean. It yeah. all started from that. So you you've sort of, and if you can look at it from a different view and understand that, well, that's you know these IPAs we drink these days. There is there is an aspect of them to that. They're just it's just that's how you know what I mean. That's how they originated and. It's almost fun to look back through and and see how that's developed into what it is now. You know, I just want you to throw out your opinions like we're an American talk show or something where you got to have an opinion on fucking everything, and stick with that opinion to the death. <laughs> no, what I want from you. It's the oranges, man. If it's not an orange in a basket, I don't want to know it. Something like that. <laughs> Give it to me. Here's you like the orange today. Yeah, you uh, did. Look, I, I haven't been uh, work today. I've just been day drinking. <laughs> no, <I haven't. laughs> Honestly, that would explain everything. <laughs> no. Let's move on to the next one, Farmhouse IPA. Where you at? Well, what's the difference between a Farmhouse IPA and a bread IPA? Because they're all pretty similar. I mean, Farmhouse, Ooh. obviously, like I say, is on uh, yeast, but I Dave, always think – put him in his place. Put him in his yeah, place. Look, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think Brett for me is more that sort of clean Brett, whereas Farmhouse is that sort of Belgian-y, um, huh. farmhouse Funky sort of IPA. They're all, there's, we've got a crossover on all three there, but yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've had that many, to be honest. Yeah, what's I, I, if I was to say uh, something like Will Tatchell Brews? What's yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say something like that. Yeah. Okay, so I love it. Yeah, bloody earth, bloody earth. Let's move on to one. I, I hope you say I hate this because I fucking hate these beers. Milkshake IPAs with the lactose. I'm not a fan of the milkshake stuff. In my opinion, hazies have gone way too far um, to the sweet side of things, to the lactose forward side of things. Um, 
you know, that's kind of that thing now where just a NEPA in Australia is being called um, like what we would have called a milkshake IPA in two years ago is now just can just simply be called a NEPA in a lot of senses. Um, I don't dislike them. I think maybe they've gone too far as far as the sweetness goes. Like I, I've had a few of them lately that um, – I sort of get halfway through them, and I and I honestly have this like nostalgic feeling of being a kid and and having <laughs> like eating too many lollies and being really thirsty. Like my mouth goes all you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just like I've had too much sugar. Is they call that um, cloying or something like that? Something yeah. like that, yeah. And and it's sort of, I would never say I hate them, obviously, because I'm a big hazy brewer. Um, I have used lactose. Um, I just did it recently again, a very small amount, but not didn't make a discernible enough difference for me to keep doing it um it's just i don't know i just milkshakes uh i'm i'm actually very much on the fence of it because yep a milkshake ipa can be something that's really fun um but it can also be something that's very overdone and if way you, too much lactose and if you keep sitting on the fence you're gonna cop a pick it up your ass in a minute wouldn't be I the first time <laughs> dave pick it up the ass or i've got an opinion what do you got uh, look, I'm not a fan. Um, look, no, and I'm not saying that a milkshake, anything with lactose in it, is a milkshake. I think just that overly sweet. Yeah, when they say yeah. milkshake, it's usually you know sweet as fuck. Um, no goodness, cool. I'm just not a fan. Sorry. No, good. Let's move on to New England, which I'm going to just put Ben down for an immediate fan. Hate them. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again. But can be done very wrong though, and and I have had plenty I don't like at all. But yeah, obviously I'm pretty passionate about the style. I like it. I'm always I'm always brewing them and trying new things and working out ways to make them different and how to attain that really nice big mouthfeel, all that really nice sweetness without the lactose. Because if you can, you know what I mean. If you can achieve that without yep. the lactose, why even you don't have a need it for in, it? Yeah. Well, you're always better for it, and um. You know, yeah, obviously, it's a pretty neat style, I think, but there's, it's just really, I think what I love about it most is it's just, it's actually just fucked us up heaps. So many brewers <laughs> are like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Something that, you know, used to be, um, you know, you yuck, oh, this beer's cloudy, it's gross, and it's just completely changed it, and the world's gone bonkers over it. It's, it's something that I don't think you would have ever saw coming five years ago um, yeah. on the level that it has, especially with yep. purists and stuff like that. But that's what I like about it is something that's seemingly so easy to do or mistakenly make a cloudy beer is actually really fucking difficult. And to tell you the truth, to make a really good hazy is way harder than making, in my opinion, anyway, for me, is way harder than making a good West Coast or something you, like that. You because talked about Dave having a humble brag before. I think you are right now because that's all you do. <laughs> mm. I um, am a very good brewer. <laughs> I just told you I made two that taste like shit, so they don't go all that well. <laughs> uh, what was your name of your recent one, Dave? The, was it Lupulin Fog? Is that right? Uh, that and Double Hazy was probably the last one you had. Oh, what, that was the Akasha Project one. What was that one? Just That was the most recent, yeah, wasn't it? that was the yeah, yeah, yeah. Double Hazy one. Yep. So I, I think they're, they're taking up most of my brain space over the last six months. Um, yeah, okay. Something I think a lot about. And, I, and I, you know, to say I love it is, is, you know, I do like it a lot. Um, I love it. I don't love it as much as West Coast, but it, I do love the <laughs> Oh, I don't know. And I, you know. Again, I, the way that I, I look at it is if I'm walking past the fridge here before I go home and I pull something, what am I pulling out every time? And, and I'm pulling a lot of hazies out of the fridge. It's something that's, that's really, really, really interesting to me, and that's, that's what I love. I love things that challenge me. I love things that 
I um, need to work hard on to master, which I'm nowhere near yet, and um, I don't think anybody is. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I love it a lot. We would um, we would probably talk about them twice a week, I reckon, Dave and I on the phone, yeah. about just something that we've discovered or why is, you know, why is this happening or what do you reckon about this? It's just something that, again, it's just not – it's just – it's still well, – what we've been brewing them for four years now, maybe five, and they're still com- confusing the fuck out of us on a weekly basis <laughs> because – yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I love it. I think it's cool. It's very That's cool. It's mm. cool. Uh, right out, red IPA. Oh, cannot go past a good red IPA. Yeah, fuck, but there's just not enough of them done. Yep. There's yep. just not enough of them done. A red rye IPA as well is. is well, that's, uh, that's next on the list is the rye. So there may or may not be a uh, new red IPA coming to market next week. Oh, you heard it here first. Another fucking scoop. I oh, know, but this is going to be. This will, this will come out. This will come out after that because I'm taking a week off. So, oh, you're uh, Are we catching up? Because I got a week off next week, mate. We're allowed to travel places, so oh, I can't come to your state though. I'm going to the east coast of Tassie just to good hang time out to um, get, get you a nice new smoker, Dave. Have a whole week off to use it. Oof, yes. Cannot wait for that. Next up, one of my favourites, the session IPAs. Why why are you laughing at that, dickhead? You don't need to laugh at that. Hang on just a minute. Let's rewind back a few years, Dave. That's not because you've been. I'll never fucking read a fucking session. This one here tonight is great. It is not my favorite style of IPA. I do appreciate it. I like it when it's, you know, when I'm driving somewhere and I've got a Just want a beer on the way. The kids up, I need to have three beers to get through it. Jeez, you guys are not even taking me seriously at all today. But so <laughs> seriously, <laughs> like it is, it is definitely f- a functional beer. It is. That's, that's it, okay. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is okay. it's, it's kind of for me. Yeah. It's it's the it's the beer you have when you're not having a beer, right? I'm not going to have. I don't really want a, a beer, uh, an IPA with no alcohol in it. I really don't. You know, I think I can have a little bit of a, a you know, have a three and a half percent IPA and. I enjoy it. It tastes like an IPA, and that's great. But if I'm not driving, I, I probably wouldn't go near one. So just the way it is. Fair enough. I guess. Yeah, but there's, okay. also, there's also the other side of them as well. That is, it is actually challenging to make a good tasting session oh, IPA too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, that, and that's the that's the that's the side of it that I appreciate. I actually appreciate about that about everything with beers. Yeah. I, I I strive to make good tasting low alcohol beers because it's really hard to do. Yeah, I agree. And whether we're brewing an IPA or a Pilsner or even a Stout, for fuck's sake, like if we're brewing something that's low alcohol, it's really hard to brew. So if you if you can successfully do that, and especially successfully do that with a session IPA and balance your bitterness out, yet still maintain a really good hot profile through it, and being balanced, you're doing well. That that yep. that in itself takes a good someone who knows how to develop a recipe well to do that. And that's yep. you know that stuff like that to me speaks volumes for brewing as being able to achieve that sort of stuff. So the session IPA thing is a difficult one because there's actually not very many of them out there. But like you know, don't mean to give them too much of a big head, but old Little Smith there is a pretty is a He's pretty good. good bit, and it's well balanced, and you can drink it, and you don't go because I've had lots of session IPAs where you're like, God, that is like. I be that's just like fucking 
isomerized alpha acids in a glass of water. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but seriously, because they've just gone lots of bitterness, but they haven't obviously taken into account the fact that you have got a much lower malt bill there. So you don't have that body in the beer to support the more, the higher bitterness. You, you know, you don't have all of that sort of stuff. So you need to encounter for that. You know, if you're brewing a session IPA and you got 20, 30 IBUs isn't enough, then look at what your ABV is going to be. If it's going to be 2.5%, well, you're going to have a pretty light-bodied beer there. So maybe that 20 IBUs is enough. You know, Maybe that 30 is enough. Maybe you, you just got to work it out like that rather than you know, if you put 20 or 30 IBUs in a 7% IPA, we're not even gonna, you're going to go, that's not fucking bitter at all. So, yeah. Well, I, I bloody love them because you can't always drink the big stuff and I'd rather have something like that than have to drink a Forest Gold when I just want a couple of quiet ones on a Sunday night. <laughs> yep. Definitely. And I, I, yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. I, I laughed at the start of this, but it was more just at Dave personally. But, um, Fuck you, Ben Miller. <laughs> I, I, mate, I, through summer, I put my hand up, uh, 50% of my taps are all lower than 4%. Because yeah, I, I just right. I just want to like right now I'm having this Munichellas. I think Munichellas are traditionally five and a half to six percent. This is four and a half percent, and it's fucking awesome. I'm you know a massive fan. Of, I know it's a bit higher than um, the Little Smith here, but the founders all day was one of the great yep. beers yeah, along great those beer. lines for me. Loved it. it. Yeah, good beer. Loved it. Uh, next one, sour IPA. I don't know. I'm not sure, but that's a, that's a tough one for me. I. Um, I don't know if I've ever had one that's really clicked with me. Yeah, it's I'm, not I'm, not yeah. not saying that not saying that I don't like them. I just don't know if I've ever ever had one that I've really clicked with. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I just don't. I, I just have always thought I'm just drinking a dry hop sour or something. You know what I mean? I yeah. wouldn't ever go. That's an IPA. You know. So yeah, we we we've marked around with a few. Um, I think we've done a few examples. But it's a, it's it's kind of like brewing a very like almost like a brute, right? It's a really really dry beer, but yeah. um. And I think, again, it's just getting those flavor profiles right, which is tough. Um, we've done sour fruited IPA, which I think work a little bit better, just add a little bit more sweetness back into it. Um, so I like them a lot, I think, but they take a lot of work. And I don't think – I'm not sure it's something we, – we do sort of pilot release. Or we, we haven't done a full release of a beer like that yet because I'm not sure what the market would think of it. Um, but personally, we all the brewers, we, we love doing them. So we've done two or three now. This is where I'm conf- conflicted with this, right? Like that blue, the blue sour that I've done that you mentioned before, Chris. Like, what makes that? At what point is that a sour IPA? Because I didn't put any fruit in that, but I dry hopped the shit out of it with Citra and Sabro. So why? And it's got a little bit of bitterness in it too. So what? Like. Is it is that a sour IPA? I don't know. I, I wouldn't personally call it a sour IPA, but some people could call it a sour IPA because it's got the malt base of a hazy. It's soured and it's dry hopped the shit out of. So was, uh, I didn't, this is where I'm. I'm always I'm always find myself conflicted with these. I think that's the thing with with beer styles these days. There's so much, so much blurring of the lines that. But especially when you yeah. especially when you go sour in it, because yeah. if you pulled the sourness out of that. Is it going to be an IPA? Probably not. You know what I mean. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That, and that's that's where I'm always conflicted with that. Like uh, for me, this is I would always me personally. I don't think I would ever, unless I was going to actually make it like a bitter West Coast IPA, a sour bitter West Coast IPA. Then maybe I'd call it that. But I just don't know. Every every sour IPA I've ever drunk in my life, I've always thought, mm, 
is you know could you still call that an IPA or is it just a sour? <laughs> is it just a sour? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I guess it's uh, last one on my list. We've got a white IPA. Well, that that was what I was saying before. A white yeah. bread, a, a white bread yeah, IPA is crossover a bit too. Yeah, but white IPAs. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I I haven't had one for years, and I've always had this fantasy of making a white bread IPA, and I never got around to doing it. But what about yeah. you, Dave? What I'm do you sorry, mate. Uh, white IPA. I don't think that I've ever brewed one. I'm trying to think if I've even had one. I've had no, one I've years ago. Had one. I've had them. There's not a lot. We don't see a lot of white white beers in general, let alone white IPAs here. And I think, yeah. again, that I think I mentioned it before, Belgian styles, and this is not just us. I think most brewers that I've ever spoken to just don't sell down here. Um, yeah. So I haven't had a lot of them. In the States, I've had a couple. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I know that I've had them and I've enjoyed them. Um, but, again, kind of down the bottom of the list in terms of what I was after yeah. the list in front of me. No, fair enough. Let's move on now and talk about multipliers. You pretty much, you guys bloody loved all of them, I'm going to say there, pretty much. <laughs> Most of I them. Don't, I don't know if I've missed any, but obviously you've got your Imperials and stuff that we'll, that, uh, we'll talk about now. Multipliers of the IPA. So, Dave, you put out the Eagle this week, last week, yep. which is labelled as a quadruple IPA at 12%. Yes. I've never quite understood how that all works because if by numbers that would mean an IPA would be 3%. And a double would be six, a triple would be nine. Can you, is it? Have I missed something? How's it all work? Ah, oh, look, it's it's a bit of uh, I think you know a bit of interpretation for the brewers, but for us, it's it, it's just a natural course of of progression from where we start. So, um, you know, our IPA is usually around six and a half to seven. Our doubles are up around eight and a half. Our triple is ten and a half, and our eagle is twelve percent. So, um, so you're telling me that you're shit at maths. Because that's not well, how percentages and fractions work. Yes, I'm good at maths. That's why we brew beer. But, it, but for us, it's a progression of of flavour as well. So that you know, the hops that we had got progressed at a fairly high rate as well. Um, you know, obviously, the malt that we used to get the alcohol. Um, so it, it's 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 a bigger explosion of flavour as you go up the rung as well. So, um, but we've also always had that underlying. Um, goal, if you like, to make sure that each one of them is is, is almost as drinkable as the last, um, which is tough. Yeah, a twelve percent IPA with the amount of hops we're throwing in that beer, um, you know, we're talking um, at least double what we put into Corbin. So it's it's a lot of hops. Shit, that is a lot. Bloody hell! And then you know, from a from a jump from eight and a half to twelve percent is is a, is a real challenge to to hide behind because. Yeah, we, we, you're going to get a bit of warmth from a 12% beer, right? You cannot get away from that, but you don't want burn. Um, yes. And that's a big challenge for us as well. So to layer those flavours, all those complexity of flavours to hide the alcohol behind, which is a real, real tough gig. That was, I was just pausing there for Ben to come and throw a few special comments, but he's... I was daydreaming. Not- uh, <laughs> <laughs> been a long day. He's got nothing else to add, so let's move on. Honestly, oh, I, can't, I can't remember what the fucking question was. <laughs> Oh, my God. You've been taking the piss out of me all bloody night and now you're not even listening. That's why I'm tired from giving you Really, This really is a problem in our relationship, Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ben, I'm going to throw you an easy one. If there was one rule to follow with IPAs, what would it be? Keep keep balanced. Keep everything balanced, I think, is a a big one Um, because if you drink a nice – 
double IPA that's well balanced, still has that really nice assertive bitterness that stays there. But you know, there's the beer's still got nice body and mouthfeel, and everything carries through. Like, and then it just finishes with that. I always say when you burp hops, you know you've had a good IPA. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you if you burp yeah. and taste hops after that, and you've just got everything ha- like you can still you've still got that little bit of bitterness on your tongue, and that. But it's all just everything just w- marries in so well together. That's 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 my my key to any good beer is, especially West Coast IPAs nowadays, is to to have that really good balance. Is yeah, Dave, what do you reckon? Well, number one would have been balance for me as well. There is no doubt yep. um, that balance is the tough gig. We can all throw hops and mold at anything, but but making it a drinkable beer. But I think drinkability is that second thing that we would not think. I know is the thing that we're after. So a balanced beer that is drinkable, and again, as you get up and we're talking about getting into the doubles and the triples and the quads. Um, keeping drinkability gets really hard because you can get big IPAs that are a big, sweet mess. Um, so brewing a nice dry beer is, is crucial to that. Um, and it gets back to the old two schooner test that we grab it on about all the time is maybe not two schooners of the Eagle IPA, but um, you certainly want to. <laughs> no. you know, that's an option if you really, really want I've to. Just I mean, got these, I've just got these flashbacks to root <laughs> I've done it before. It is a challenge, but I've done it before. Yeah, Jesus but, but keep it. You know, you don't, there's no point in you know, in in brewing a big beer just because it's big, and that's the last thing we ever want to do. No, we don't want to steal a twelve percent beer because it's twelve percent beer, and you're going to get pissed. We want to brew it, brew it because we believe it's going to. Brew, we're going to brew an amazing beer, and you're going to enjoy every sip of your glass. Um, so drinkability, balance, um, and of course quality is uh, has got to be there. For you've you've well. forgotten one of the key ones in hop driven beers: fresh is best. Fresh, yeah, fresh is best. I tell you what, <laughs> wine will still taste good in six months. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, sorry, Eagle. I was talking about a different beer. I was um, going to say that. Speaking of those memories, Dave's and drinkability, that does take me back to that time you had a tap takeover at Sweeney's. This is like I think I'd only been working for them for. Oh, Dave's already laughing. I think I'd only been working for them for like I don't know, maybe six months. It wasn't long, and they had a they released wooden leg. It must have been around April, so yeah, it would have only been a couple of months. And um, <laughs> Dave was like, "Let's go. We're gonna tap take over tonight. You want to come?" And I was like, "Yeah, right. I will go have some beers." We were having pints of wooden leg, <laughs> and I think we got there at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Come four thirty. Dave was like, we're going to go. See you later. Everyone just left me there and I was waiting for my now, my now wife to come pick me up. I don't remember her getting there. That's what happens when you're having pints of a 10% IPA after a full day's work. Yep. And she was like, where is it? I just remember her being like, where is everyone? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like I was having <laughs> And uh, I think I went home at like, uh, we, I'd been there for like two hours total or something like that, and I was just fucked. Like that was me. I was done. There was no part of Ben that was having any more beer for the night. And um, if you've been able to successfully drink a ten percent or ten and a half percent IPA out of a pint glass that quickly, I think that's pretty fucking drinkable. <laughs> so it, it passed the uh, six schooner test, is what you're telling me. Yeah, <laughs> in the form of four pints. Speaking yeah, of glassware, are you guys believers in those IPA glasses, or are you just happy to drink it out of a big old round pint? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sort of glassware specific. I, I don't, yep. I don't live by it. Like I'm not like 
if I don't have the glass, I'm like, ah, this tastes like shit. But it is nice to have that um, that that proper glass. I think it really does help, especially with a beer. Like if you're going to drink a Pilsner or something like that, okay, well, you're not really drinking that for the aroma. Only like, you know, an IPA is really quite yeah. reliant on a good, bright aroma. Um, but some of those glasses really do help. They definitely do help with that aroma, just just really channeling that into your nose and you know what I mean? So it, it, I, I think... Yeah, to me, to me, glassware is important. I might challenge the purists here, but I fucking love a hopsmith out of the can. Yeah, but yeah, that's because okay. you know, you see, I'm a, I'm a can drinker too, but only if I know what the beer tastes like. Like if I if I'm, you know, I mean, like I, I'm a big, I drink can beer out of cans all the time, but I'm not going to drink a beer that I don't know what it tastes like out of a can. If that makes sense, like I'm not going to crack something I've never had before and drink it out of a can. Uh, sort of, um, you want to get that full experience, do you? yeah, that's right. And then, you know, like I say, I, I'll happily crack a hopsmith and smash it out of a can, but I know what that beer tastes like, I know I enjoy it, I know I can drink it, I, uh, and I'm drinking it because I enjoy it. I don't need to have that full, you know, experience with that, that specific beer because I've had it thousands of times, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I love my glassware too, but I'm not gonna die in a ditch if I don't bloody, um. You know, have my what's the Sierra Nevada can they made uh, the glass they made with Spiegelau with the ribs on it and all that. Oh stuff. yeah, see, I fucking mate, I've broken those by looking at them. Oh, so God, I, no, so no. Fucking, you just get a nice tea towel and try and polish it, and just I I just pulled one apart one day driving it, uh, drying it. It just went like yeah. I literally just pulled half the glass apart. The one I really like is the the one that Bolter did a little while ago, which was kind of along the same lines, but without. With, which was much stronger uh, without all the ribs in it. Dave, do you have any sort of glassware at your brewery? Um, yeah, we do. We, we've got um, – they're, they're a bit like a, a – oh, what's the word? Um, the sort of traditional uh, – Tulip. Tulip, thank you very much. Um, so we, we have a stainless glass um, that we use, which is um, shaped like a tulip. Uh, it's a really nice-looking glass. It's functional glass. They don't break too easy. And it's just it's, the important part of that glass is to give it that sort of you know sort of bulge in the middle and then come in a bit to, to concentrate the aromas, which is which works yep. really well. You, you do always love a good bulge in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> do I what? So, uh, I was going to yeah. say a good way to explain those glasses, Dave, would be like a stemless but smooth tiku glass. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's they're, they're kind of like because tiku glasses have got that they're quite sharp edged, like they you know their yep. shape. Dave's are very similar yep. without the stem, but they're they're much smoother and more sort of aesthetically pleasing. I think you'd say. I'm with you. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're a lovely looking glass. I know yeah. when we first brought them in, it was like, oh, what the hell are these? And I was like, just use them. Yeah. It looks good. It tastes good. Uh, but our, our pints and skinners are, are pretty standard. Uh, but when somebody's tasting a beer for the first time, they're generally it's a bit like you were saying before, Ben. Once you're into a beer, you know. To be probably more, you know, more likely to go for a standard glass or not even a glass. Um, but these, you know, if someone's tasting beer for the first time, they'll, they'll usually take it in one of those. Give me a good tradie out of a pint glass, mate. I'm a fucking happy man. <laughs> <laughs> probably need to wrap this thing up tonight, fellas. We've got uh, places to go, people to see, that sort of thing. I've got I'd dinner to eat. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going out to the pub. How's that going to be? Awesome. You going for tea? Going for tea at the pub with no kids. <laughs> fucking ripper. Lovely. So good. You can just go get rip roaring drunk and be that local <laughs> bloke. <laughs> no, no. Oh no, oh, no. look, he's here again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, before we before we wrap it up, I want you to give me uh, your favourite IPA brewer in Australia outside of yourselves, and your favourite in America. Oh, people can walk away with some something to chase. In Australia, shit. 
Um, Jesus, is this including hazies? What do you have to always go there, Kane? Let's let's say. Let's I, don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I went and bought a hazy uh, a West Coast IPA. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I've got one. From, actually, I got one from Deeds. The that, that's a lie. That's nah, a lie. I got one from Deeds in the fridge at the moment. Oh yeah, they go all right. Yeah, the Best Coast or whatever it was. That one that was quite nice yeah. actually. I don't know if I have a a, a big specific West Coast IPA. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to say Mountain Culture because DJ makes really good West Coast IPAs still, okay. including, including and, and even that double red of his, fuck. You know what I mean? Like there's some good beers. Uh, America would be, um, I think it's still just, um, oh, I was going to say, of course I was going to say um, Russian, Russian River. River. Yeah. However, um, Shit, I forget the name of it. I drank heaps of it when I was in America and I even chose it over a Pliny. <laughs> uh, Space Dust, I think it was. I feel like I've had that in, in uh, Is it New Ele- York. Elysium? El- yeah, El- yeah. Something, something Ele- like that. Elysium Space yeah, Dust. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. That's a very good beer. <laughs> what about you, David? He's still, Dave's just gone quiet. He's, 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 like, he's like, I'm the only IPA brewer in Australia, guys. I can't, I can't get a word <laughs> in edgeways with you, mate. So, you know, I'll just wait until you would finished. Okay, I'm finished. He, th- he thought you were going to hog the microphone tonight. <laughs> you took you took most of my answers, and, and I had a little bit of time to think about it because I wasn't sort of it wasn't front of mind for me. But definitely, DJ is one of one of the country's better um, IPA brewers. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's um, a great brewer of both styles. I think both hazy and West Coast. And I think um, Every, everything and, really, <laughs> and, a, and a top bloke, which is you know painful, but he is <laughs> um, a good mate of ours. So he's uh, he's definitely kicking kicking goals there. Um, in the states, there's no there's no and, and this is not just West Coast, but a different styles of beer. Vinny Chiloso from Russian River um, is by far. One of my favourite uh, West Coast uh, IPA brewers. Very good. Uh, it's hard to uh, disagree with you tonight, you two. Um, and I just wish you two could make up now. Ben, stop looking for a fight. You're, you're on the same track, both of you. Stinging. I don't know what's going on. I'm happy know. to get yeah. the make up, but it depends on him. <laughs> last, time, last time your lips were too dry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you always try to step into these chats and then I just get all honest with you and you don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's probably a great way to uh, finish this up tonight, uh, talking about his chapped lips. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> been a great chat. We dived pretty pretty deep into some of those styles and stuff, so that was awesome. Uh, thanks for your uh, your opinions tonight, Dave. Always. And Ben, thanks for coming along. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> opinions too. No, I'm doing 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 all the hard work. You know, someone's got to. Uh, I love I love these episodes. It's great fun, guys, and I know a lot of people um, get a lot out of them, especially in the homebrew community. They eat this stuff up. So Just good awesome. for a good uh, good easy chat. Good stuff. All right, gents, uh, got to go to tea, as you say, <laughs> Dave. So uh, we'll talk again soon. Enjoy your week off, Dave, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Wait. You. All right. Good stuff. See you later, mate. See you boys. Bye. Yeah, mate. Thanks for tuning in to another Beer Healer interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you want to follow along with more Beer Healer content, you can check out my Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. Just search Beer Healer, or you can visit beerhealer.com. If you like the podcast, can you please help me spread the word by subscribing and rating it and sharing it with your beer-loving friends. 